Welcome back to What the Fuck is Going On. Today is Thursday, December 14th. My name is Rob McGreevy. This is Brian McShane. Hello, hello. We have a great show for you today. We're going to be going into Israel, the Hunter Biden indictments, a House impeachment inquiry, and more. Let's get into it. Top some headlines. Congress passed an $886, $886 billion defense budget that President Biden is expected to sign later today. Um, Wall Street exploded yesterday after the Fed announced rates would remain at their current rate and signaled future cuts. And a New York State appeals court rejected former President Trump's appeal to overturn his limited gag order in his civil fraud case. All right, so we're just going to get right into it. How you doing, buddy? Doing good. How about you? Good, good. Um, so the main couple things we're going to cover today are Israel, um, the Hunter Biden indictments, and we might get a little bit into Zelensky at the end and maybe potentially talk about, um, some of the hearings and the backlash from the Ivy League professors that are unable to condemn, uh, genocide apparently. I mean, you know, everybody's got to take a stand, so I guess they're taking their... That's it, man. Stand for something or fall for everything. Yes, sir. Um, but immediately we will get into Israel. Um, on Friday, the UN Security Council held an emergency meeting to vote on a non-binding resolution to call for an immediate ceasefire in the Israel-Hamas war. Of the 15 members of the Security Council, 13 voted yes to the ceasefire. The U.S. was the only one that vetoed it, and the U.K. abstained. As a member of the UN Security Council, is 15 members. Um, five of them are permanent. I believe it's U.S., France, U.K., China, and... I'm blanking on that last one, but for abstaining? No, no, no. Just so the the UN Security Council is a 15 oh. member body of yeah. the of the entire General Assembly, and the way it works is there are 10 of the 15 get voted on. I think every two years or every five years or something. Mm-hmm. But then five are permanent. It's the US, the UK, France, I think Germany and Germany. China. Yeah. Um. At those five permanent members have each get a veto that okay. it's like. It doesn't matter what the other 14 say. If one of them vetoes it, mm-hmm. it doesn't pass, which is what happened here. The U.S. vetoed oh, okay. the resolution. Well, you know, just for the record, the U.N. is somewhat of a symbolic agency. Like, they call these resolutions non-binding because there's there would be – even if the U.S. did vote yes, right. there's no consequences for Israel if they say, okay, well, we're not listening to yeah, that. Yeah. But it is all just sort of to show the U.S. is still strongly supporting Israel as sort of the, um, the public – support for their current war in Gaza fades because then after that Security Council resolution, the General Assembly, so the body made up of, I think there's 193 member 
states in the UN, mm-hmm. the entire, you know, every country in the world voted same, very similarly languaged um, non-binding resolution on right. the ceasefire. For that, um, 153 voted yes, right. ceasefire. 23, including Germany and the UK, abstained, mm-hmm. and only 10 voted re- to reject the ceasefire. Those 10 were the US, Israel, Australia, not Australia, Austria, I'm sorry, uh, the Czech Republic, Guatemala, Liberia, Micronesia, Papua New Guinea, Paraguay, and Nauru. Interesting. So the U.S. is uh, very, very interestingly positioned on the world stage now at this point. Yeah. Um, I mean, it is a change from they, they last voted on October 27th. Yeah. So that was they were voting on a quote unquote humanitarian pause, right. a little different from a ceasefire in terms of the way the, the world is viewing those because they did actually end up getting that little pause despite the fact that that vote didn't pass right uh you know i think israel did allow for some aid to enter gaza and then just immediately started you know four days later blowing it up again Mm -hmm. um i I wanted to read out a quote from the u.s's ambassador to the u.n robert a wood Oh, no, I'm sorry, not him. From no? a uh, different ambassador, Linda Thomas-Greenfield. Oh, okay, he, okay. That is the U.S.'s ambassador, yeah. too. Do you have a quote from him? I do, yeah. You, um, you can you read that one, and I'll read Greenfield's. So Robert A. Wood said they voted against an imbalanced resolution. That oh, was... Hold on, hold on, hold on. Speaking in the mic? Can you hear me? Hello. No. Oh, yeah, okay, you're good. I'm sorry. So Robert A. Wood was quoted with saying that they voted against an imbalanced resolution that was divorced from reality that would not move that would not move the needle forward on the ground in any concrete way. Okay. Um, so, yes, again, that was Robert A. Wood, the U.S. Deputy Ambassador to the U.N. Right. So, their, and their position is essentially, and this is here, this is what um, Linda Thomas-Greenfield said, that although the United States agreed with some aspects of the latest resolution, uh, she said, quote, we agree that the humanitarian situation is dire, that it requires urgent and sustained attention. Um, okay, that's the only quote I have. But she says it fails to condemn the Hamas attack on October 7th, right. in which at least 1,200 people were killed in Israel. She said, quote, why is, this, why is that so hard? Um, so I, I mean, I personally don't understand. Like, why, do the, why, why do we need that language to also ask for ceasefire? Right, to condemn Hamas. Yeah, I don't yeah. understand how the two are linked. But right. um, And then this is what UN Secretary General Antonio Gutierrez said about the situation. Uh, Gutierrez has been sort of uncharacteristically calling for a ceasefire from the beginning. Um, uncharacteristically, not of him personally, but just of the leader of the UN, like not changing position at all. Just being like, no, we need a ceasefire. Like not right. going along with sort of the global uh, initial response. Um, he said, quote, there is a high risk of the total collapse of the humanitarian support system in Gaza, which will have devastating consequences. We anticipate that it will result in the complete breakdown of public order and increased pressure for mass displacement into Egypt. So, and like that quote I just read before from Thomas Greenfield says that she agrees that the humanitarian situation is dire and that it requires urgent and sustained attention. So the U.S.'s position on rejecting the ceasefire is not that it's not needed. Mm -hmm. It's that, okay, but we also just want you to condemn Hamas, which is like, I I don't know. Before those... um, professors or those college professors presidents testified i would have been like yes everybody condemns hamas it's like pretty pretty standard stuff um and even you know to be fair to them they might too and just were not uh willing to be held hostage by members of congress in that situation yeah Um, i mean 
there's also they also want the verbiage of, of them saying that Israel has the right to defend itself, which I guess isn't in that. But that's another thing that Robert Wood said, along with the um, that other mention of not condemning Hamas. They mm -hmm. also want the verbiage in there saying that Israel has the right to defend itself. I mean, I don't know why that needs to be said. Yeah, I think every country has the right to defend itself from right. terroristic attacks. Um, but yeah, I, I don't I don't know why verbiage has it's such a dire need to say certain words when it comes down to just not killing people. Uh, yeah, and it's it's uh, it's a weird line in the sand to draw for the U.S. who, you know, are kind of it, this is a very public way for them to support Israel, right? But at the same time, you know, Biden. Here we'll play a clip from Biden here of him telling, s sort of warning Israel that they're losing support on the world stage. Right. I think that uh, we have made it clear to the Israelis, and they're aware that. The independent, the, the safety of innocent Palestinians is still of great concern. And so the actions they're taking must be consistent with attempting to do everything possible to prevent innocent Palestinian civilians from being, being hurt, murdered, killed, lost, etc. So that's, that was Biden warning Israel that they're losing support on the world stage. Um, I know Secretary of State Antony Blinken spoke with the um, Israel's War Cabinet members slash former Prime Minister Betty Gantz, uh, and along with um, discussing the ongoing efforts to facilitate return of hostages and increasing levels of humanitarian assistance, Blinken also stressed the urgent need for affirmative steps to de-escalate tensions in the West Bank, so not Gaza, because also people kind of... This is one of my issues with the whole, you know, you have to support Israel indiscriminately no matter what. It's like, okay, Hamas attacked them from Gaza. What is that? You know, there, there's still violence in the West Bank. Right. And a lot of that is uh, propagated by Israeli settlers who, like, you're not supposed to say settlers anymore. Like, Elon Musk said you could get kicked off Twitter for talking about settlers. But, really? Yeah. Wow, I didn't see that. Meanwhile, the U.S. Justice Department, Joe Biden's Justice Department is... Um, Taking away Americans' or Israelis' visas to America if they're getting caught in this settler violence. So it's a very real thing that like this pressure from Israel, from organizations like the ADL, are trying to put on Americans to not even be able to talk about this stuff. Hey, if you mention West Bank settlers, you're anti-Semitic. It's like, well, they're like taking people's homes away from them and yeah. killing them indiscriminately. So right. there can be you know nuance to this. Yes, of course Hamas is bad. Also, don't kill pe people in the West Bank. Like right. those. Both just, those things should be able to be said. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, but yeah, and Blinken emphasized um, that the United States remains committed to advancing tangible steps towards the realization of a Palestinian state. Um, a couple other things before I, I wanted to ask you about a, a quote I think you saw from, not a quote, but something about Hamas and their support from it, from Israel. Yeah. But, but re before we get into that, just um, Israel is now flooding the tunnels beneath gaza with seawater wild which I, i'm i am pro that that seems like a pretty that what's way better than just bombing the strip indiscriminately which they've also been doing yeah i mean that seems like a, for lack of better words no pun intended but a streamlined way to there you go just yeah. get it yeah. out rather than you know death from above which is killing everybody yeah. all the innocent lives why not just literally streamline it through the from the river to the yeah. sea we'll bring the sea to you bitch yeah, there you go there you go 
Um, and then also, t- I think today they announced they took 70 prisoners from a hospital. And again, you know, I-, I talked about this when I was covering the Ukraine war a little bit at the at the onset. Um, we can do our best to relay the information that comes from quote unquote official sources. It is a war. Warfare in the 21st century is as much of a battle of information as it is anything else. Correct. Um, a lot of the reason Hamas and Palestine even are kind of still in it, quote unquote, so to speak, is because they have a lot of public support. As we can see, the majority of the world is calling for a ceasefire. Without a doubt. Yeah. Um, so that being said, we're doing the best to relay the information we have. Israel has a, um, what's the word? Like, it's in their benefit to say, hey, we captured these 70 guys. We didn't kill them. Right. We, you know, we took these people from a hospital, but that is what they're reporting. That happened today. So 70 Hamas fighters uh, arrested at, I don't have the exact hospital. I'll put it in the, in the, uh, the post-production. I'll put it on the screen. Um, yeah. And, and so then I wanted to ask you about the stuff you saw from Hamas being potentially funded by Israel, which yeah. I think there is some legitimacy to that. So, I mean... You know, I was just checking it out earlier, and I heard it in a uh, a podcast I was listening to. I didn't really get to to look up the full backing to it, but it was just mentioned that there is a theory that Israel has been funding Hamas for the past seven years, right? So, right. And you know, obviously, the first question would be why? Mm-hmm. Why would they be funding their direct opposition to delegitimize the possibility for a two state solution? Right. Right. That, that's why. Yeah. And I mean, it opens up a lot of doors of different theories there. But I mean, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I encourage everybody to, you know, this is what we talk about. It's just critical thinking, looking up your own information. I would encourage people to look that up and, you know, form their own ideas as to understanding why Israel would be doing that. Yeah. And then what the potential outcome would be. And specifically, you know, when we talk about Israel, you know, you don't want people to go to equate, okay, Israel equals all Jews equals if I don't like Israel, I don't like any Jews. Mm-hmm. That's like obviously terrible. Right. So like even a step further, it's like not even the state of Israel, but specifically Benjamin Netanyahu's government Mm -hmm. within Israel has been propping up Hamas. This is from like um, communications between Netanyahu and his advisors that have been either subpoenaed or obtained illegally through stuff like WikiLeaks. He basically tried to empower Hamas when Israel pulled out of Gaza in like 2005. Um, the plan there was to let it fall apart, right? let it fall into Hamas's hands, let Hamas become more extreme, literally, actually literally funding them to, uh, disabuse Israelis of the notion that they can live in peace with a Palestinian state. That's kind of the plan to say, okay, it's Israel by itself or it's nothing. Look how violent and extreme these people are. Mm-hmm. Um, the democratic national convention, the, the Dem- democratic party in America did a very similar thing in 2016 and possibly long before that in purposely funding extreme right-wing candidates right because they were like these these people are so fucking crazy that once they're the nominee we're gonna obviously get the votes from people and our look how that turned out donald trump fucking won so uh that it's there are some rumors floating around that and more than rumors actually like pretty substantiated claims that um netanyahu's government in israel had advanced warning that this attack was coming yeah, up, up to, to a, year a year in advance yeah wild yeah and, and so i you know i i think it's 
it's maybe extreme to say that they knew it was going to happen and let it happen. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's extreme to say that Netanyahu, who was maybe the most controversial and embattled prime minister in the country's history, who's facing multiple corruption uh, lawsuits, who could have been kicked out of office. I don't think it's crazy to say it was it it was to his benefit, right? That that attack happened and the response to it, what it's been. But yeah, I mean that could be you know that is a theory is that. Um... You know, obviously, if they if they actually were funding Hamas for the past seven years, and if they did potentially know up to a year in advance that this attack was going to happen, it would be hard to not believe that this would just be an opportunity for them to eradicate exactly their opposition. Yeah, um, they have public support now, and it's obviously waning mm-hmm. as videos come out of just you know seventy percent children and women dying in Gaza, like right. 12,000 plus is the number right now, and I'm sure that's going to go up. Um, they're losing public support, but at the onset, they had it. The whole world was like, you can't you can't let that happen. Israel has a right to defend itself, which it does. I'm not saying it doesn't, yeah. but the argument is, what is defending yourself? Is well, it? I mean, I think, I think not Netanyahu. Um, he was quoted in saying, you know, since it was a holy day that they were attacked, I think he was quoted in saying that they attacked us. And I'm going to butcher this quote, but it was loosely him loosely stating, we are not going to stop until this is over. Mm-hmm. They they declared war on us. There is no end to this. Until... Yeah, they're going to eradicate Hamas, is right. what they said, which, again, that's a pretty, like, broad statement. I mean, right. Is it like, Hamas is an organization. They're also, it's the same issue that um, America has in, like, eradicating isis mm-hmm. it's like you can kill every single one of them they're gonna like crop up again right, just right. just by nature of your you know you have to th- every bomb you drop you have to think i have to kill more terrorists than the reaction to it is going to create right and right. i don't think that's what's happening i think with every hamas uh, insurgent that israel kills they're also killing like 10 civilians right that's going to create fucking 55 jihadis like Correct. think about those people's brothers and fathers and sisters and mothers and sons yeah, like their bloodline is just now yeah i don't think it's a sustainable measure right um but it does seem like netanyahu's pretty hyper focused on just okay we're gonna fucking eliminate it and, and also this is something that the u.s and um netanyahu disagree on is eventually who knows when the bombing's gonna have to stop and somebody is gonna have to run gaza Netanyahu says it should be Israel. Mm-hmm. The U.S. is like, you can't. You can't just bomb a place and then say, we're taking it. Yeah, that's exactly it. what Russia... Well, that's at least what they say Russia is doing to Ukraine. Mm-hmm. So, like, we can't complain about Russia taking Crimea, let it have it, but then also let Israel do the same thing to Gaza. It's right. just... It's not a good look. So, I don't know. It's, it's obviously a horrific situation. I think... Um, and the way it spread into global culture, obviously we saw, like Dave Portnoy was talking yesterday about, he said he's never going to hire a Harvard graduate again right. until the professor, uh, President Gay, uh, steps down. Yeah. You will not hire anyone from Harvard, UPenn, or MIT until the school's dean stepped down. Has anyone from these schools applied to work with you? Yeah, well, after I, first of all, we already have Harvard grads, so they're, they're grandfathered in. But in uh, the Penn dean, President McGill, she stepped down. Uh, yeah, a lot of people reached out. But, I, you know, I think it's not only me. I think a lot of leaders have to do it. It was disgusting what those uh, deans and presidents did under oath. 
Uh, makes no sense to me. I don't know how, if you can't condemn genocide, I don't care whether we're talking Jews, Muslims, any group of people, then you don't deserve to be, you know, in a position of power. You got to get out. What about free speech? Does that come into this? Yeah, listen, um, let, uh, is Hitler allowed to say, I want to kill the Jews, I want to kill the Jews, I want to kill the Jews, right up till he kills the Jews? Uh, I, I would say no. That's what they're saying you can do in this country. There's a difference between free, free speech and hate speech. And when you're endangering people and causing harm, I think you've got to put a stop to it. It's called common sense. It's, I, we might as well just very briefly get into that, and I'm not going to cover it extensively, but um, there was... A few of the Ivy League schools uh, presidents were on Capitol Hill to testify about anti-Semitism on their campuses. Mm -hmm. I know UPenn's president, Liz McGill, stepped down as a result of her testimony. She still allowed all of the um, rights that she had before. She, it's just like she's not president only, anymore. Yeah. She still has all the power that she had before. I could be wrong, but I was reading that she still has basically everything that she was entitled to before. It's just not position. Interesting. Well, good for her. I actually, I'm going to be a, a rare person that this is probably the first time and hopefully last time I ever agree with Ivy League presidents. But watching the testimony, and here, I'll play a clip right here. Ms. McGill at Penn, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Penn's rules or code of conduct? Yes or no? If the speech turns into conduct, it can be harassment. Yes. I, I am asking specifically calling for the genocide of Jews, does that constitute bullying or harassment? If it is directed and severe or pervasive, it is harassment. So the answer is yes. It is a context-dependent decision, Congresswoman. It's a context-dependent decision. That's your testimony today. Calling for the genocide of Jews is depending upon the context. That is not bullying or harassment. This is the easiest question to answer yes, Ms. McGill. So is your if testimony it, that it, you will not answer yes? If it uh, is, if the, yes speech or becomes, no. if the speech becomes conduct, it can be harassment. Yes. Conduct meaning committing the act of genocide? The speech is not harassment? This is unacceptable, Ms. McGill. I'm going to give you one more opportunity for the world to see your answer. Does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Penn's code of conduct when it comes to bullying and harassment? Yes or no? It can be harassment. The answer is yes. That was uh, New York Representative Elise Stefanak grilling the presidents of these universities for not being able to denounce um, calls for anti-Semitism as hate speech. I have a little bit of an issue with this because I think the term hate speech has been used as a way to eliminate free speech. Mm -hmm. I, I'm a person that thinks that even if you shout fire in a crowded movie theater and someone trips and falls and hurts themselves, like that's not your fault still. Like the onus has to be on people who are receiving the information. We can't coddle people and be like, you, you're not allowed to hear any of this. Like you can incite violence by saying this. It's like the, the Douglas Mackey guy we talked about last week who got seven months in prison for making a meme that said you can text vote to 51866 to vote for Hillary. Right. If you believe that, you're a fucking idiot. Right. The onus should be on you. Let's make those people smarter. So like if uh, someone saying, hey, we should kill the Jews inspires you to kill the Jews, 
The problem wasn't them saying that. The problem was you, that That's you like problem. to kill the Jews. Yeah. That is your... We need to fix that issue, not tell people that they're not allowed to say what they say because almost always the bad guy is the one telling you not to say something. Right. Almost always throughout history, the people trying to limit and censor speech and censor. are the ones that are the bad guys. So uh, while I don't... Uh, a lot of people are saying... Even Rogan, I was watching Protect Our Parks yesterday. It's like Joe Rogan and Mark Norman, Ari Shafir, Shane Gillis. Mm. They were like, they were like, I can't believe how easy it is to um, denounce this and ha how they didn't do it. It's like, it's about principle. Someone yeah. is a Republican, at least Stefanak, is standing there like screaming at you like, why can't you denounce this? Like, I would almost not do it just out of defiance. Right. right. Like, I'm not a puppet. You can't pull my string and say, I denounce anti-Semitism. Like, that's not how it works when you're in a position of power like that. You have to be able to have some... Um, autonomy over your own words and actions so and to be fair to uh i forget her first name but president gay mm -hmm. um, never gonna forget her last name um <laughs> she was like kind of like okay well in context i could see how that would be uh right a call for genocide i could see how that would be hate speech because stefanek was trying to say does this not violate the terms of your school's uh policies on hate speech and she president gay was just like being very measured like uh, in context, blah, 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 which is like, I don't know. I, I I could be wrong about this. I know a lot of my friends think I'm wrong about this, but I just don't like the the way the tide is turning in terms of like Elon Musk, who bought Twitter to be a quote, free speech bastion, mm -hmm. is saying you can't say from the river to the sea. That's an implicit call for genocide. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing for COVID where it was like, okay, that's a call for genocide. A lot of people are saying it's not though. Like ask a Palestinian what they actually mean by saying that. Maybe some of them will say, we want to kill all the Jews. Right. A lot of them will just say, no, we just want our freedom. And why do you get to decide what they mean by that? But That's not that, fair to me. Is that not the um, battle cry, basically, for Hamas? Aren't they using It's that? in their charter. Yeah. It's also in the Likud party's charter, which right. is uh, Netanyahu's um, party. Okay. To say that Israel will be a state from the river to the sea. It's, it's a completely... It's like, okay, yeah, that's in Hamas's charter. You know what else Hamas likes? Oxygen and water. Should we ban those? <laughs> it's like, just because these terrorists use these words, right, right. now that's everybody uses these words of terrorists. That's not how it works. Mm. Uh, again, I'm well aware that I'm in the minority on this stuff, but it's it's the same thing to me like COVID. During COVID, everyone said, trust the science, listen to your doctors. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, there's two doctors saying two different things. This one right. is saying the vaccine is going to kill me. Mm -hmm. This one's saying I'm going to die if I don't get it. They're both doctors. Right. So right. it's like, I've heard plenty of Jews. There's Jews for Palestine. There's Jews for peace. There's a ton of, everyone's like, you listen to your Jewish brothers and sisters. I'm like, okay, well, I have Jews over here telling me that, you know, their right to defend themselves means they can bomb Palestine indiscriminately. I have Jews over here who are telling me that like what's happening in Palestine is horrible, that they don't support their government, that... Mm -hmm you know, Israel is way overstepping their boundaries. So it's like, as a Gentile, who do I listen to? I'm I'm ignoring one of the Jews here. Mm -hmm. So it's the same thing. It's like, yes, some people are saying from the river to the sea, and they mean I want all Jews in Israel to die. Right, right. Some of them are saying it because they're, they have been oppressed historically for 70, 100, 200, 500, 800 years as Palestinian people, and that's their call for freedom. And I've heard people say, okay, from the river to the sea doesn't mean kill all the Jews. It means let Palestinians have our homeland. And yes, also Hamas is saying there will not be any Jews in that in Jerusalem, in the Levant. We will kill them all. Right. That's obvious, though. Like, when someone says kill all the Jews, I, I guess that is basically why people are upset at the presidents. Because it's the obvious thing. It's just saying 
hey, kill all the Jews. Can you say that? And the president's are like, I don't know, maybe. Right, right. It's like, I, I get being mad at that. But to me, it seems to me like they're defending the principle rather than like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, from what you're saying before, though, like the blanket state, like people are taking it as a blanket statement. And I think that's one of the biggest problems with the world right now is the divisiveness of just you're saying one thing and I'm hearing right. one blanket statement. And there's no nuance. There's no conversation. It's right. just, oh, wow, you're hardlined on one side while I'm on the other, so fuck you. Well, they, they plug it into the machine. It's like, that word means this thing. Right. That's what the news told me to think. And yes, okay, so you want to kill all the Jews. No, 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 I just want Palestinians to be free. You're anti-Semitic. No, 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 that's not what I said. Right. It's, but that's what the news is saying you said. It's a prescribed reaction, basically. Yeah, exactly. Which, it's understandable because... Uh, listen, we're doing a news podcast. It takes hours and hours and hours to research just a little bit of topics we're covering. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of effort to actually be informed on things. Right. So I, I make uh, I, I bear no ill will against people who kind of just hear a soundbite, take a snippet, and say, "Okay, I think that's what's going on." But if that's how you get your news, is in a very shallow way, you have to be open to the possibility you're wrong, and just having a damn conversation. Yeah. But anyway, I'm probably gonna get canceled for that. It's a conversation. Yeah, that's what, we're, that's what we're pushing for. Is you know, again, it's it's think for yourself, find the find the facts. Don't just hear one thing and and roll with it. I mean, you gotta you gotta understand the story from different sides too. That's it too. Like, there's always different sides, and and you know, for the record, I go back and forth on this almost every day. Like almost every day, I'm like sympathy for Palestine, sympathy for Jews, sympathy for Pal because. That's the worst part about this conflict, and it's all you know. This is where my conspiracy brain goes. That it's just another way to divide and conquer people, mm -hmm. because it has leaked so uh, inexorably into American culture and life. Like every day, I'm seeing a video either of like people attacking Jews randomly just for being Jews, or like I saw I saw this video a couple weeks ago of a former Obama administration official mm -hmm. uh, accosting a guy, a halal uh, guy. A food you, truck. You guy. saw that yeah. video? Yeah. Oh my god, dude! And like, just so like, he came back a couple times, different outfits. Yeah, like like every day he was right. like he was like, oh, so you want your daughter to be raped by uh, the pal by the, the the Muslims? Right. And the guy was like, I'm literally just trying to like yeah. sell food. Just like, to make a living here, guys. Please leave me alone. Tonight, a former State Department official is charged with a hate crime in New York after he was caught on video unleashing an Islamophobic rant against a food cart vendor. As CBS's Roxana Saberi reports, this incident is part of a wave of hate crimes stemming from the war between Israel and Hamas. The NYPD charged Stuart Seldowitz with crimes including aggravated harassment and a hate crime. Mohammed Hussein recorded Seldowitz several times on different days outside his halal food cart and says he made anti-Islamic statements. But you're a terrorist. You support terrorists. Seldowitz had been a career State Department official and also worked for the Obama administration as acting director for South Asia at the National Security Council. We're going to put big signs here that say this guy is, believes in Hamas. We killed 4,000 Palestinian kids. You know what? It wasn't enough. Seldowitz told the New York Times the videos don't tell the whole story, claiming Hossein told him he supported Hamas, which Hossein denies. So, like, you know, those are the real monsters and villains, the people who are, like, making this conflict the problem of just everyday people trying to get by. Right, right. Uh, and that happens on both sides. There are, Palestine, there are people who support Palestine who are, like, actually anti-Semitic, and then there are people who are taking... The popular support for Israel and weaponizing weaponizing it against Muslims and Palestinians, mm -hmm. um, it just it is very interesting to me. 
to see how it's just it's become the story every day. Like we didn't cover anything Israel last week intentionally because mm-hmm. I wanted to be somewhat um more like specifically informed. I have a general like awareness of all this stuff, but like I wanted to di- dive deep into it a little bit and there are there's a ton of people I I think if anyone is looking to get informed in this conflict a little bit more, there is a guy by the name of Dave Smith. He's a comedian, but he's also like a political uh commentator he's a his a big podcast called part of the problem i still have to check that out I haven't checked yeah that out yet. i think you would like him he's a libertarian okay but he's jewish and he's like but he's against you know sort of state power and and the um military industrial monster that israel has become All right and he he traces the conflict back to like pretty much the origins at least the post-world war ii origins of when palestine was uh British mandated Palestine and then given back to the Israelis because I see this uh I've seen this infographic posted on Instagram a lot and it's like the number of Jews in like 13 different Arab countries yeah before and after 1946 or whatever it was right. and it was like well 100,000 zero 100,000 zero it's like yeah they all left voluntarily right they right. went to Israel they didn't all get and like there's that that's my thing with a lot of this stuff is the hysteria it's like you don't have to manufacture hysteria for Israel mm. like we have is it never forget or never again? never again for the Holocaust? Mm. Although even to be, to be fair to that, there I did read a report that apparently twenty percent of uh, millennials and Gen Z either don't know about the Holocaust or don't believe it happened. <laughs> no comment on that. I, I that's that's why I'm so conflicted. Is like I, I'm obviously somebody who's like I like to go against the grain, be like sort of heterodox, and be like, this is what you're not seeing. This is. This is alternative media. This is an independent podcast. If, don't come here to hear what you could hear on CNN or Fox. Right, right. So, like, I, I obviously have a perspective that is not pro-Israel. Let's just say that. That being said, I understand where it's coming from because it does seem like every time something bad happens, people are like, the fucking Jews, obviously. Right, right. So, and 20% of kids don't believe the holocaust i i get why my jewish friends get like scared and they're like oh my god here we go again i mean then there's i don't know what the number is but there's still people that like i mean it was probably my early adult life i found out that people actually don't believe some people don't believe the holocaust even happened they're like counting the smokestacks yeah yeah what the yeah yeah the earth is flat too oh my god those are uh, people who believe one almost always believe the other correct yeah, exactly. I, I follow a couple of those guys on Instagram just to see like what they're what they're putting out there, and <laughs> it's pretty wild. Those people are are certainly interesting. They are something else, that's for sure. As somebody who like prides myself on being like a critical thinker, right, and, and independent, like that, that's a bridge too far for me. I mean, yeah, I just I don't know how theories like that can be. They can last, you know what I mean? But you just, you literally, flat Earth is the funniest one. Yeah. You just get in a plane. Yeah. Like no, there's no curvature. I'm like, I could see it. There's that video. I mean, it's been. I think Joe Rogan spoke about it a couple times. Like, the flat earther that's just caught on video, like, completely destroying his theory of flat earth. Like he's. I have not seen that. He's like out in the desert or something like that, and he's got a camera, however many yards away, and then uh, a focal point. Like I don't know what the distance is in between, but he's like, okay, so Earth is flat, and if it was actually a sphere then I would not be able to see the focal point in this picture because it would follow the sphere, the curvature of the and, earth. And then what, he can't see it? He couldn't fucking find it. <laughs> I 
and he's like, oh, oh, oh. And then the video ends, I believe. That's but awesome. Like, he's like, no, it's flat. So we're going to see the focal point. And then you could see like maybe just the top or he couldn't find it at all. And it's like, oh, cell shit. phone. Yeah. That's awesome. Stories full of holes. Okay. So like I said, speaking of holes, somebody who loves holes, Hunter Biden, um, everybody's favorite president's son. My favorite anyway. <laughs> Before we get into it, like, unironically, I would absolutely love to hang out with Hunter Biden. I was I think. literally just thinking about that quote that you said to me. That would be so much fun. I heard, I, I heard him speaking yesterday. First time I've ever heard him talk. He sounds a lot like his dad. Yeah, it was the first time I ever heard him talk to when you can hear yeah. his well, father's I've, voice. I've heard him talk to hookers, but not, like, yeah. publicly. Well, he's all yoked up on meth. So, yes, Hunter Biden, President Biden's only remaining living son, uh, a federal grand jury indicted Hunter Biden on nine counts, mostly of tax-related stuff. Um, three felonies, six misdemeanors. Uh, the indictment alleged Biden, quote, engaged in a four-year scheme to not pay at least $1.4 million in federal taxes from 2016 through 2019. It alleges he made over $7 million between 2016 and 2020. Um, his bank records show his dealings with a Ukrainian gas giant, Burisma, as well as a Chinese energy com company, CEFC China Co. Um, the felonies are mostly, uh, the felonies are failure to pay taxes and failure to file. And they basically allege that he just was like told that he um, needs to pay his taxes right. and had the money and the means to do so and just chose not to. Uh, I think. And if he didn't, he could always ask his father for help. Right. Well, yeah. Make sure the big guy gets his cut. Right. Uh, the, to me, the reason this story is consequential, whether or not Biden actually gets arrested, one, he had a plea deal mm -hmm. that fell apart. Right. Um, but two, the, the biggest reason is it, within this, this is now, you know, stated court records that show his dealings with the Ukrainian gas giant Burisma. Right. This stuff was all on his laptop that he uh, says is stolen property. It wasn't stolen property. He left it in a Delaware repair shop. Yeah. Just forgot about it. Yeah. Um, the Twitter, before Elon Musk bought it, censored all of the information that is now in this mm -hmm. in 2016. I don't get into the the whole, the voting machines, the Dominion lawsuit, I don't Sidney Powell, the crack and all that. I don't get into that in terms of, you know, the election was stolen. All this stuff that January 6th was based off of. Mm -hmm. I have personally not been able to corroborate any of that stuff. And if that is really how the election was stolen, the Republicans probably should have been able to show us more definitively by now. Correct. Uh, Twitter censoring a major news story during an election cycle about the leading candidate's son being corrupt is, to me, an election interference. Correct. And we've seen through the Twitter files how the FBI, the CIA, the DOJ, all these three letter agencies were... Um, very closely involved with these tech companies in censoring things. Mm -hmm. I just people should be more pissed about that, yeah. and that now all that information has been essentially, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Vindicated. People who are like the New York Post got their uh, Twitter account suspended right. for share for posting that story on Twitter, a completely factual story. Yep. And now we're here, and three years later. Fucking three years later, uh, he's getting indicted for it. Right. So that that to me is why I wanted to bring this story forth. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. No, I mean, <clears throat> I think it was bound to happen. I just, you know, the fact that it was being spoken about three, three, four years ago, 
and then you know obviously like you were saying twitter censoring that um completely avoiding showing the full story to uh to the voters and to to u.s citizens i think is is just royally fucked up um but i mean i'm happy that it's happening right now i mean they're they're saying the left is saying that it's a witch hunt um but Mm -hmm. how many witch hunts have they had with trump four right now yeah that are still ongoing yeah um same thing like we were talking about before with with steve bannon um you know (laughs) i just think it's funny how hunter biden is saying that you know he's using his dad as uh his defendant and just saying that it's it's like defaming his father's love a father's love for his son and blah 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 and it's just like you know you know what you did wrong and now he's just completely saying that he's not going to comply with the the congressional subpoena yeah right he did say that yeah i mean he made a statement i think it was like on the senate side of of uh capitol hill yeah capitol hill and then, you know, they have the congressional side and the Senate side. He he made a statement on the, the Senate side and just didn't even bother going over to the congressional side. He mm. just made a statement saying, right. I'm but, not complying with this. And it, as, it is as a result of this indictment, the House Republicans have opened an impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think they've been trying to impeach him for a little bit now. This is kind of the ammo they finally need. Yeah, I think it was just the uh, the final... Yeah, yeah. but I mean, this is sort of just continuing the precedent that the Democrats started with Trump of just every time the other guy does something you can remotely call criminal impeach. Just immediate. Where it's like, you know, 20 years ago, they all do shit like this. The whole, like, the documents thing is crazy that they, they're trying to indict him for that now. And then like a month later, Biden's like, oh yeah, there's, they're my Corvette. Right. It's like, okay, well, what are we doing here? Like, yeah. Is this, uh, he... They, they should have expected moments. It's yeah, they should have expected this. The Bidens and they probably did I'm to come sure. eventually. Yeah, I think that they have. I mean, you know, with with the way that um, Hunter Biden made his statement yesterday, you can tell that it was very finely tuned. You know, yeah, he worked on it. The White House was not going to allow him to go up there and just yeah say whatever you know, just free ball whatever he was going to say i mean you could see he was reading everything off of a piece of paper yeah let's Um, well let's play a little clip right now yeah i'm here today to answer at a public hearing any legitimate questions chairman comer and the house oversight committee may have for me i'm here today to make sure that the house committee's illegitimate investigations of my family do not proceed on distortions manipulated evidence and lies And I'm here today to acknowledge that I've made mistakes in my life and wasted opportunities and privileges I was afforded. For that, I'm responsible. For that, I'm accountable. And for that, I'm making amends. But I'm also here today to correct how the MAGA right has portrayed me for their political purposes. I am first and foremost a son, a father, a brother, and a husband from a loving and supportive family. I'm proud to have earned degrees from Georgetown University and Yale Law School. I'm proud of my legal career and business career. I'm proud of my time serving on a dozen different boards of directors. And I'm proud of my efforts to forge global business relationships. 
For six years, MAGA Republicans, including members of the House committees who are in a closed-door session right now, have impugned my character, invaded my privacy, attacked my wife, my children, my family, and my friends. They've ridiculed my struggle with addiction, they've belittled my recovery, and they have tried to dehumanize me, all to embarrass and damage my father, who has devoted his entire public life to service. For six years, I have been the target of the unrelenting Trump attack machine, shouting, where's Hunter? Well, here's my answer. I am here. Let me state as clearly as I can, my father was not financially involved in my business, not as a practicing lawyer, not as a board member of Burisma, not in my partnership with a Chinese private businessman, not in my investment. So that's that's a statement. Um, he is basically by making that statement, he, he's like publicly. Uh, what's the word, dude? My brain is broken today. Defying Republicans. Correct. Um, saying I'm not gonna testify that's they subpoenaed him for a closed door testimony mm -hmm. he said he would be open to a, an open door testimony where right. his whatever his statements can't be cherry-picked and released to the press i, I as a, an american citizen and somebody who loves entertainment i'm all for that 100 percent, yeah same um but it'll be interesting to see i, I know you brought this up before the show steve bannon is currently appealing uh a conviction that he got a four-month jail sentence for um defi defying a congressional subpoena yeah so and they're they're trying to charge him with four months in prison for that and like you said he's currently appealing that yes he's appealing that under the um premise that president trump's immunity extended to him or some bullshit i some can't remember presidential immunity yeah yeah, yeah yeah um so we'll see i don't think i don't think hunter biden will get held in contempt of court although it's certainly a possibility yeah but i mean like what's to say he gets charged, right? He's guilty of all of this. I'm wondering if, honestly, you know, the administration and specifically the Biden family just don't give a shit because, you know, and I don't know what the uh, rules and regulations are of a president pardoning his own family, but a president... There's no rules. You can pardon anyone right. you want. And he has however many pardons. He could just, you know, Hunter Biden could be charged with all of this. And then before Joe Biden's out of office... Well, that's what the impeachment's for. Yeah. Which, of course, again, with the way our Congress is divided, that he would never, they, they would vote on the articles and they would not get ratified. He would mm -hmm. not get impeached. But yeah. it would still just be the, the dog and pony show to be like, hey, we got we got one on Biden, too. We got, they got Trump twice. We're going to yeah. get at least one on, on old Joey B. But, I mean, again, in, in Hunter Biden's statement, you know, previously, Hunter Biden said that his his father had no knowledge or involvement in his business ongoings, yesterday in his statement, he now changed his verbiage and said that his father had no financial involvement. So he's going from saying originally no knowledge or involvement at all to now just saying that there's no financial involvement in it. So it's like, Right, you know, moving the goalposts. Correct. You know, what's he going to say next week? What's uh, well, he knew it? about it, but he didn't know that much. I mean, he did give me a dollar one time. <laughs> He did ask for a twenty percent cut for the big guy, but yeah. everybody does that. Yeah, come on. All right. Um, I 
there's kind of less there than I thought there'd be. So we will very quickly here before we finish up, just talk about um, Volodymyr Zelensky. Zelensky. Uh, I think he went back now. He's back in Ukraine. I believe so. I know he was here yesterday. He had a little sit down with Joe Biden himself. Um, and I say sit down very strongly because I'm, you know, I don't know how much mental capacity Joe Biden had in that conversation. It's great, dude. I, I'll, I'll, I'll play this clip here of him now. And I have repeatedly made clear from our first day in office, we also need Ukraine to make changes to fix the broken immigration system here. Okay, so that's that's Biden saying, basically, talking about how, uh, you can't tell, and, and even I, who I think I'm somewhat well-versed in Bidenese, mm -hmm. I can't tell if what he's saying there is that he has been saying all along that funds for Ukraine need to be tied to border security, or that that's what the Republicans are saying. But the Republicans are saying that, right. that if there is going to be another 200 million for Ukraine, which I believe you said there probably will be. That's what I mean. That's what Biden ended his statement with saying yesterday was that he was going to try to get another 200 million right. passed. And, and so the Republicans are saying we're not voting for that unless you tie that to um, border security. Correct. Money for the border, which at this point almost just feels like throwing a fucking hat on a fire hose. It's like we talked about this last week, but people are pouring in to this country um, for better or for worse, whether you like it or not, it's happening. Mm hmm. I think the demographic make it. The demographics of the U.S. have been trend long towards trending to be not majority white by 2050 for a long time now. Mm -hmm. So there's no problem with that. But we're sort of becoming now like not just not white, but like we're going to be like majority, not majority, but there's going to be a sizable portion of people in this country that like l literally just got here and got here illegally. Well, also just not citizens. Yes. It's Disproportionate. I mean, the numbers that are coming in, that yeah. are just, just come on in. Uh, did we talk about this last week? That that uh, what's who wants somebody wants them for the military? Uh, the Democratic. I forget what his name is. But yeah, yes, he was too. just saying. Like his point was saying that um, we might as well basically use these illegal immigrants. Yeah. Uh, you know, we have low numbers yeah. with the military. We're in a tough spot. Why not just use these guys as an right. easy way to citizenship? Just, oh, serve your time in the military, and then right. now you're a citizen. Yeah, but so back to Ukraine. Um, 200 million for them. I, some people don't understand that we're not just fu we're not just funding Ukraine's military with these aid packages. We're paying people. We're literally running their government, their right. social services, like people, payroll, everything. We've already sent $110 billion over there. Right, and um, meanwhile, no. Flint, Michigan still doesn't have clean water. We don't have fix roads we yeah. don't have education system we don't have yeah. veterans protection that could be significantly better yep There's a lot of things that that money could have already medicare fixed. for all baby correct that money 110 billion dollars like what was it when when elon musk was buying twitter they said to him like something about ending world hunger and he's like give me a number yeah and they said it was 40 billion dollars and he gave $40 billion. Did he really? Yeah. To who? He don't, I don't remember the exact uh, who he gave it to. This is where you can look it That's up for yourself. That's also how much he like, spent on Twitter. Correct. So he did actually give that money. I didn't know and that. And I, I didn't follow... You know the roadmap of where yeah. it went to, but he did donate forty billion dollars. I'm sure that's being used to buy sex slaves in Moldova right now. Without a doubt. Um, Speaking of Moldova, the EU has decided to open EU accession... Uh, talks for Ukraine and Moldova, which is basically a, a step to inviting Ukraine into the EU. Um, and, you know, Ukraine in the EU is just a, a hop, skip, and a jump away from Ukraine in NATO. 
mm-hmm. which has long been Putin's red line. It's the reason he started this war is because we were pushing to get Ukraine and Sweden and Finland into NATO. Um, and it looks like a war that th- that to me is like a week ago. If you asked me if the Ukraine war was on the precipice of ending, I would have said yes. Mm-hmm. Now it kind of looks like the U.S. especially is like, hey, no, we, we need this thing to keep going. Right. Um, I, the EU, like you wouldn't be pushing these EU talks if you if you were willing to end the war early. So I, I think we're going to like Russia, Ukraine war is going to end up being like Afghanistan, which is like endless. Yep. That's yeah. just the world. The way it is now, there's war over there and it's probably not going to stop 20 year war. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, one war ends and then the other starts and then, you know, it's just an endless cycle. I mean, what? Yeah. What is it like? War, war is money, whatever that quote is. I have not heard that quote, but um, it's pretty accurate. Yeah, that's the defense contractors are kind of running the show here. Yeah. Oh, that's and that's another thing. Zelensky literally appealed directly to the defense contractors. I think he was in a room with Boeing and Raytheon and General Dynamics. Yeah, I'm just like, hey, thanks guys. Yeah. Well, I mean, just look at his outfit. He he wears the same outfit, yeah. which is just that old military style you know the, yeah the he looks pants, like a larper sweater yeah like exactly. one of those guys that shows up to a meeting in the woods right he's just ready for action he's yeah. just role playing he really is i mean he's just playing the part he's an actor yeah he's a comedian he's in a music video you said and i looked into it i couldn't find it but you said apparently he there were rumors that he bought a what 20 million dollar house in florida yeah, i i think it's false but i heard a rumor yesterday that he bought a 22 million dollar estate in florida if you're gonna buy one I mean, you know, he's gone from a cold area to a very warm area, so. Oh, I'm but seeing imagine a fact he check just, here. He just does that. He just buys, fucks off to Florida. Um, But yeah, I mean, you know, Biden was quoted in saying that he, he firmly believes that Putin is banking on the U.S. not delivering more aid. Um, mm. And I mean, you know, maybe that's why the number's not in the billions, so he's just showing face by sending $200 million. Um. But who knows? All right. Well, we're, we're going to wrap it up there. Um, thank you to everybody who's listening to who has supported. Um, this is our second episode in quote unquote season three. Um, we'll be back next week. Please do us a favor and follow us on Instagram, on Twitter, subscribe on YouTube. We are at on YouTube. We're at next gen forward next gen F O R W A R D. On Instagram and Twitter, we're at NextGenForward, at N-E-X-T-G-E-N, the number four word, W-A-R-D. Four word. Um, we're on Facebook. We're on Rumble. Subscribe on Spotify. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Let's get those numbers up. Let's get them cooking. Appreciate you. Thanks, y'all.